Welcome to the Brain Soul Success Show, where we learn, explore, and create your powerful positive healing for life. I'm your host, Louise Schwartzwalter. I'm the creator of a five-part mind-body-soul methodology that clears the subconscious blocks to success. From engaging transformational interviews, brain soul success stories, and the secrets shared by brain and spiritual experts, you will reconnect, revitalize, and transform your powerful life. It's time for you. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with my very special guest. I'm so excited to talk with you today. It's Claudia Muhlenweg, and she is a natural vision improvement expert. How very cool is that? So, I mean, how many people out there um, have glasses, contacts, right, are dealing with dealing with their vision? Um, quite a few. I don't even know the percentage. You know the percentage? Like, is there like a, a number of people who are dealing with a, you know, a vision issue? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And you did the great pronunciation with my name. Most people really struggle. So I know, I know the, you know, and I should actually know this. I know the statistics on nearsightedness. It's about 42% in the United States and about 93% in Singapore and really, really high in a lot of Southeast Asia countries. And it was about 25% in the 70s. So we've seen a huge increase and actually, I do know some numbers on presbyopia, which is called the old age site. You know, people start with readers. So that's about um, in the developed world, it's about 80% of people over 50 have glasses. And in the like rural areas of the third world countries, and in the study that I'm that I'm using these numbers from, that was Brazil, India, and Africa. It was about 60% of people that live more in rural conditions. So yes, that is definitely. Wow. It's a high number and it's, wow. it's going up, especially the near side. And this is increasing. Yeah. Crazy. It's increasing. Oh my gosh. Well, then you are so needed. I mean, and I just want to read a little bit about you here. So this is your biography. So, you know, um, Claudia Muhlenweg is the founder of Holistic Vision LLC. She's the creator of Naturally Clear Vision Method, always hated her glass and has made it her mission to help others see clearly naturally, just like she has done for herself. So she's a sought after international speaker, a workshop leader, focuses on finding the root cause of a client's blurry vision instead of um, using symptomatic treatment like glasses or contacts or surgery that can actually make your eyesight worse in the long term. So we're going to learn a lot today from you. I can hardly wait. <laughs> so this is this is awesome. So, you know, I mean, I guess the first question would be, how did you even get interested in doing vision? Like what what happened in your life to, uh, to propel you on that path? You can probably guess that I used to wear glasses. So <laughs> I, got, I got my very first pair of glasses at the very young age of three, and they made my life miserable. I mean, they helped me see better. But once I got into school at age six, I got bullied. I got teased. I was like, there was one other kid in class. He was the professor who was like, I know the answer to everything. And I was like, I had to study, like I wasn't the good student that found it easy to learn. And so I really struggled. I hated my glasses and a turning point came. And in hindsight, you know, I was a kid. I don't really, but in hindsight, I think I have a theory what happened. So I got invited to play on the handball team and literally 
I wasn't athletic. They asked everybody. They were desperate to, you know, to start a little girls handball team. And so I couldn't wear my glasses when I did the handball practice. It's a leather ball, you know, it's like if it hit and there was real glasses back then, like glass glass. So I didn't wear my glasses for the handball practice. And we practiced quite a lot, several times a week and on the weekends. And three years into that, the and my optometrist at the time said, you know, your eyes are normal. You don't need glasses. And I'm like, like what? And that changed everything because I was, you know, I was 15. And then boys would tell me you have pretty eyes. And eyes were always my problem thing. It was always my, you know, the bad thing about me was my eyes. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, that, so that changed everything. And then, like, I was 18, 19 in my high school years. I had to, again, I had to study. I was not a good student. It was really hard. And my vision got really blurry. And I was super worried. I was like, I'm not going to be back in glasses. There's no way. Contacts didn't even exist. or at least that wasn't an option. So I found a book. Like I searched all the bookstores in my hometown in Hamburg. I found one book that was translated to German and I applied those methods and it all worked and it kept me out of glasses till my late thirties. And that's another whole story, but I was in a difficult divorce uh, marriage, ended up divorcing. So I was back in glasses. And then, then I did it a second time. I, re- I had this epiphany one day, and this is really important. I remember wearing my glasses, coming home, you know, from a party, didn't really have fun. I was just freshly divorced. And I took my glasses off and my vision was so much worse. That always happened. But that night I had this, this doesn't feel right. Like my vision is worse after after I've worn them than it was before I put them on. And then I found that book again and serendipity had it. My yoga teacher did a natural vision teacher training. She needed students for like low cost. I was like, here, sign me up. And long story short, and then I did the teacher training eventually. And I was been out of glasses for almost 20 years and I just turned 60. So Oh my gosh, you did such a great job. And yet there was some trauma in there, right? You know, so it definitely affected your brain. When I think about, you know, the brain and how it's connected to the eyes, I mean, we've got the optic nerve, we got all that stuff going on in there, you know? Um, and so if you had difficulty doing your divorce, um, what that says, what that says to me as the coaching that I do with brain soul success is that, you know, you weren't, there was things you weren't seeing clearly. Absolutely. I mean, I was beyond, I mean, I was stressed out. I was sleepless, but yeah, my, like, I think I literally didn't want to see my marriage. And because I started wearing glasses again, during the like two last two or three years of my marriage and definitely, and I don't know from childhood, I mean, I really don't have a memory what happened when I was three or four years old. I don't remember Mm -hmm. about trauma, but I was definitely traumatized by being bullied and teased. And to this point, when people sometimes laugh at me, you know, like I'm always like, are they laughing at me or are they laughing with me? So that's definitely that feeling of being a weirdo or, you know, being, you know, but yeah, during my divorce, I was obviously very conscious about what was going on with me and my vision. And I was, you know, definitely that was trauma. I mean, it, it, it's the hardest thing I've ever done was divorce and being a single mom of two of my two daughters. And so how did you cope during that time? What were the, I mean, you found the, the book on vision, you started working with that so you didn't have to wear glasses anymore. Um, but how did you also deal with that, the stress of that time? So that's what I'm saying. I started yoga. I mean, I was like in my like 40s. So I, you know, I've, I've never been a flexible person. So I started yoga that really helped me. Mm-hmm. And um, I now also worked with a counselor and really doing some inner work and releasing some of that emotional tension. But it's, Honestly, in hindsight, I sometimes really wonder how I survived those years because, you know, I mean, I just, I think you get into that survival mode where you just do things. 
But once I found the teacher, the yoga teacher, and I started with natural vision improvement, I got really more interested in the natural health approaches, meditation, like yoga is always, you know, now, now it's like this fitness thing, but it's really, it's really like, it addresses all the aspects of your life. Eventually I actually did a yoga teacher training too, um, later on, but yeah, it's that really, I think that was probably the, the biggest part of my life and just having friends and having support in my family, you know, being really there for me, um, helping me out. So I think those were the, probably the biggest pieces. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. You know, when I think about everyone has some kind of tests in their life, you know, and we all have something that we go through, whatever it is, whether it's an accident, a divorce, a a something, you know, um, an illness that we have to come through on the other side. And so the, you know, the, the, the soul's persistence to do that is so is so fascinating, you know, to me and, and for you, it showed up in your eyes. You know, you should definitely, yeah. you know, and for someone else, they may have asthma or they may have something else, you know, so it shows up in different places for different people, but definitely our body does, um, does, does keep that record, you know, and so we've got to work, work through that. And you did a beautiful job working through that. And then also finding this path of helping people see clearly, you know, so you had to come up on the other side of seeing clearly. So there's definitely a brain soul connection there to your soul's your development right? Of what you were creating in your life. Um, Absolutely. I always say to my students, you know, the people that join my programs, they usually come for the eyesight and then they're like, oh, this is so much bigger. It's insight. It's my vision. It's my vision for my life. It's, you know, it's all so connected, you know, but if I would, if I would talk about that, that probably people wouldn't be as interested. <laughs> um, so we're starting with the eyesight and then we really move on. That's why I really like the word vision better, but mm-hmm. you know, eyesight is probably what most people search for. So, you know, that, but there's a distinction between eyesight and vision. And I feel like vision is this really bigger, the whole, the whole puzzle, right. And, and eyesight is one piece of that puzzle. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, so what is really the problem though, with, with glasses or contacts or um, LASIK surgery? Yeah, here's the thing. So, you know, we call it corrective lenses, Mm -hmm. but they don't really correct anything. Because when you think about it, like if you break your arm, I always like that example, you get a cast, the cast will correct your bones, it will kind of make sure they they, the back fuse together, and then you get rid of the cast three, four weeks later. And you and then you heal, right? But with corrective glasses, they basically don't address the root cause, they address a symptom, the symptom is blur. And then that really locks your vision into place. And I really like to talk in this connection about nearsightedness because all babies are born farsighted. So farsighted means that you can see the distance, but the near point is blurry. And it is more of an effort, a muscular effort for your eyes to look up close. They have to come in, they have to converge. The lens gets thick, right? It's usually flat. So it's a muscular effort. So it had eye coordination. That's why we have the, you know, with babies, we have the mobiles hanging over their bed and, so now when you, when I hear like, oh, it, you know, a child became nearsighted in second grade and third grade, fourth grade, whatever, there's always some kind of trauma involved, some kind of adverse childhood events, something when I ask people like, yeah, we moved, we divorced, my parents divorced, you know, like somebody died, whatever. And then you don't really have nearsightedness. So nearsightedness, just to be clear, for those of you viewing this as a video, it's like, I have an eyeball and I'm squishing this. And a nearsighted eyeball looks elongated. So, but you don't really have myopia, it's pseudomyopia, but then you go to the eye doctor 
And that's another whole topic, but at the eye doctor, you know, they measure you and yes, the blur shows up, but the blur really comes from your nervous system wanting to protect you because something in your world is not feeling good. And you don't want to see that because, you know, your nervous system, like that stuff is just upsetting to you. Let's better blend that out or blur that out. But once you get these glasses, it actually manifests. And they did lots of animal studies. I mean, I have science, I have PubMed articles, long, long list of those articles, but they really manifest. They really create that elongated eyeball that you actually didn't have at that point. And so that's really my biggest beef is that basically they make your vision worse. And I asked most people that have glasses, right? Their vision didn't get better from wearing glasses. And LASIK is another whole story because um, I don't know how long, but basically one thing I want to say, your vision varies. Vision varies for everybody because it's based on our central nervous system and our feelings and our stress levels, our sleep levels and all of these things. Uh-huh. And LASIK basically cuts into your cornea and it's as if, it, if it's like it's permanent one thing fix but then everybody will be back in glasses. And also it makes your cornea more susceptible to issues like dry eyes and halos at night and such things. Yeah. Wow. You know, so yeah, I'm wondering about that because, you know, there's a lot of people who are getting LASIK surgery today and, you know, and they do claim that it's helped their, their eyesight, but what are the long-term effects of that is my question. You know, I don't know the answers to that. Yeah. And I, d- I read recently yeah. was at a 4th of July party and I, I met a few people who had LASIK and they were definitely happy. And I'm, for me, it's about education, right? Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, they didn't have the side effects, but I also met a neighbor recently who had the halos at night. And she was like, I wish I would have never done this. I cannot drive at night anymore. I met another, you know, gentleman in his twenties who are, was already back in glasses after six months. So, you know, there's, but even the people that are happy in 10, 12 years or whatever, like depending on what age you do the LASIK, they will need glasses again, because now that whatever is engraved in their cornea um, diopters, this is the other thing, the other piece that people don't understand. Diopters correctly for one distance. So if you have a certain diopter, let's say you're nearsighted, right? Mm-hmm. As an example, most people that do LASIK are nearsighted, meaning they have clear vision up close, but they cannot see the distance and they cannot drive or they, you know. So when you're now getting corrected for 20 feet distance, which is what they do when you're nearsighted, they correct you for, for far vision. Mm-hmm. The diopters, that they have on your cornea, this the, you don't you. It's a lot more effort to look up close, so it's about an effort of three diopters to look at reading distance. So now, let's say they have a minus five in their eyes on their cornea from LASIK, right? Now they have to do all that. It's almost an effort for the eyes of minus eight diopters to look up close, but and then when they're young, they can pull that off. But when you get older, that is like always lifting this extra weight. It's always this extra strain and effort for mm-hmm. the eyes. And at that point, they would have to put a plus three reader on to basically have the naked eye. You know, it's like it's math. It's like, yeah, I hope I hope that makes sense. But basically, any kind of diopter corrects you only for one distance. And that's why when you get older, they get you into progressives or bifocals, which is a whole nother can of worms. But they try to mimic, you know, you look straight, you look in the distance, you look like halfway down, you look middle distance and you look down, you're reading Yes, But now you're hiking or you're walking down a flight of stairs and the diopters, when you look down, are meant for, you know, 16 inches reading distance. And depending on how tall you are, right, you look at your feet, that could be like, you know, six feet, whatever. That makes your brain dizzy and confused because now you have a correction that's totally wrong. 
So, oh gosh, um, you're totally describing exactly what I just went through because I just um, went to get new glasses and uh, hadn't had an eye check for a while. And that exact thing that you are talking about, Claudia, has ha- had happened to me. So I got I got the trifocals. I could see really good in the distance, but it felt like when I was looking down, I was getting dizzy. And of course, that's for reading. But it almost felt like the progression was like different than my older glasses. Like it was too fast, or there was some loop in there, or there was something going on. And and I was like, these aren't working for me, you know, you know. So I take them back, and they're going to make them again. And you know, and yeah, there's some things in my life maybe I'm not seeing clearly right now. I'm in transition of upscaling my business. I totally see the sort of the mental emotional con- connection, if you will, to what's going on with my eyes and in these glasses that don't seem to be right yet. Um, and yeah, well, you know, yeah. But the, 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 the problem with progressives or trifocus or bifocus is that they assume that with certain head posture, you look at a certain distance. And mm-hmm. I see all these people at the computer with like their head because they're yeah. looking to the lower. <laughs> like and then that. that's actually research done by an optometrist. And that was, it's from the eighties, the correct connection of astigmatism to postural habits. So most people that don't have an astigmatism, by the time they start with progressives, a couple of years later, they will have astigmatism too. And progressives, here's the thing, progressives have everybody that works with me is out of progressives on day one. That's the first thing I do. And you never have to spend $900 on a pair of glasses again, but because, because they create all this postural tension and these bad postural habits based on that, you want that right diopter for whatever task you're doing Mm -hmm. that actually makes your vision worse faster. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a big connection to, to like, they have lots of issues, the progressive glasses, but they're so convenient And so, but yeah, I do a lot of education on those and why it's not a good idea to use those glasses, but you know, and here's the thing, most people that get their first pair, they were like, oh my God, this is the, your body's like, your brain is like, no, no, this is horrible. And then you usually, your your brain is, your brain gets used to anything, right? Eventually. So Uh after three, four weeks, your brain gets used to them, but your brain was telling you the old ones you had gotten used to, but now the new ones were like, and that's what I also tell my students. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If the glasses don't feel right, don't, here's the thing. Eye doctors always, let, let's backtrack one quick thing. Okay. So good vision is based on relaxation. Your perfect okay. vision is always based on being in a parasympathetic in a relaxed state, right? Okay. So now you go to the eye doctor and you sit in that dark room and you put your chin in that little thing. And who is ever really relaxed when they have the eye doctor and they're reading the eye chart? So you probably end up with a glasses prescription that's at least a quarter, if not a half a day after too strong. Now the eye doctor tells you, oh, no worries. Just get used to them. Just wear them for a couple of weeks. What you're effectively doing is you're making your vision worse. You're making your eyeball longer or shorter. You're you're adjusting your your body or your eyes Uh to the lenses. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, no, these glasses are wrong. Don't wear yes. them. That's what I always say. Don't do that. Yeah. No, it's really funny. Cause I just, like I said, I've just been going through this. And then I asked myself the question because I use neuro, like a neurobiofeedback frequency medicine. So I have five different programs like that and, and I can work on my own vision. So I will work on with using frequency medicine, my vision and so I'm always asking myself even the question, hey, did I just like shift my vision? Is that why this isn't working? You know, um, because I know what I'm capable of doing with those programs. So um, so I keep I think I'm improving or keeping my eyesight 
and, and I'm, I just turned 64. So usually your eyesight, right, when you get older, doesn't change as much as when you're younger. Is that truth or not true? Oh, this, this is the thing too. Like when you, you know? wear glasses, your vision, here's the thing, readers, and I know, I don't know your whole story, but readers, are, I always call them like a gateway drug because you might have had perfect eyesight and distance, right? Now you're 45, you're 50, whatever. Mm-hmm. Your near vision, again, near vision is more effort for the eyes. So now you get more of that, could also be related to you not want to see the stuff in front of you. Are you always looking forward to retirement? Because I see people that are happy with their life, that have a purpose in life, that have a mission. I can't generalize that, but overall, the, the people I meet that are in their 70s, 80s, 90s, or even hundreds that don't need glasses, they're usually joyful, excited about every day. They, they love their life. So, but now you're basically, um, readers basically, you know, you start wearing these magnifying glasses at the near point, and then your perfect distance vision. Five, you know, two, three, four years later, now the doctor's like, yeah, your distance vision is not 2020, 2015, 2010 anymore. And that happens to everybody. So basically, if you want to keep your vision in good shape, don't wear glasses. I mean, squinting and straining is not the solution, but using the good vision habits that I teach and using, using the eyes the way they were built or designed to be used with plenty of relaxation. And I teach sunlight and why sunlight is important. I mean, Diet is important as we get older. A lot of these eye diseases, you know, cataracts, macular degeneration, they're really lifestyle related. They have nothing to do with age. This is over the years, over the decades of abuse on all kinds of levels, right? At some point, the, the, the body is showing up with symptoms, but it doesn't mean just because you're 70 or 80 that everybody's going to get a cataract or macular degeneration. It's just, you know, it, it's related to what you've been doing all these years before. Oh, that's, that makes total sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I see that too, as an, as a natural path, you know, that definitely it's our lifestyle that affects our health in so many ways. And of course our eyes. So what are some do's and don'ts? What would you say, you know, what, are, what, what's, give us an example of a vision exercise that, you know, works or a tip, like you said, get sunlight, you know? Yeah. So there is, there is so many things. I mean, one thing that's really simple is resting your eyes more. Much like you rest your your the rest of your body, right? Just simply closing your eyes more, and mm-hmm. we teach something called palming, where you you know you use your cupped hands, you close your eyes, and then you you cover them. Ideally, you want to rest your elbows on something, and you just take a few deep breaths and enjoy the nice relaxation, the darkness. Your eyes are in this little warm cocoon, hmm. and you can think of something that makes you happy. So it's just a little mini, like a little mini meditation. And usually I recommend doing that for like a couple deep breaths or, you know, you can do it for five, 10, 20 minutes. You can do it for a long time. And then when you want to come out of it, you keep your eyes closed, you remove your hands and you know, you notice how much light comes in just through the eyelids. And then when you're ready, you do five quick blinks, blink, 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 blink. And I do five gentle squeezes and your eyes are probably a lot more lubricated already. So that's really good for dry eyes, just to reset your eyes, to refresh your eyes, to give them that little little bit of a mini break. I mean, we didn't even do a minute. Um, That's really powerful. Another thing is blinking. So one of my dearest friends, he passed away last year at 101, never needed glasses. Both his parents had glasses. He blinked every second. And I recommend every two to three seconds. So blinking has several jobs. It first of all lubricates your eyes. It only okay. takes 10 seconds to dry out your the tear film on your eyes, you know, the thin mm-hmm. tear film. And it also resets, it prevents another bad habit. It don't, because you asked about the do's and don'ts. 
a bad habit is staring, like literally staring into like where you like, you just have the deer, you know, you're staring. So blinking yeah. is like that little, like the second you blink, you're like, oh, you know, you're so good vision is always based on like moving your attention around, like not staring mm -hmm. at something, but moving your attention mm -hmm. and blinking kind of, is kind of a form of movement. Um, so that's blinking and palming and then light. Yes. So sunlight, our eyes are the organs of light perception. And we've been made to believe that sunlight is really bad for our vision, our eyes. And yes, there are certain exceptions for sure. Extreme conditions, skiing on, you know, bright sunlight, being on the ocean, um, having like, the, you know, the pilots, that's how they invented glasses, the pilots and the Arctic explorers that were in these extreme conditions. If you have any eye disease, if your pupils, I always call the pupils are built in sunglasses. If your pupils don't constrict because you take certain drugs or you have some other issue where your pupils don't get small when the bright light hits, right? You definitely need sunglasses, but mm -hmm. let's assume you have a healthy eye, your pupils constrict, um, you know, we do need the sunlight and we need to train the pupillary reflex. We need to practice that closing and opening of the pupils. So I advise, I haven't worn sunglasses in 20 years and my night driving used to be a big issue for me. The headlights of cars used to really bother me. And now I can, look into the brightest headlights, it doesn't bother me anymore. And there's a connection. So if you have glasses or have a refractive error, which means nearsighted, farsighted astigmatism, there's an issue of how your eyes or your cornea and your lens bends the light. So the more light sensitive you are, like you cannot improve your vision if you are very, like light sensitivity is part of the improvement process or reducing light sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And so usually I say, you know, especially in the morning, like we do need the blue light. We want the sunlight and, and maybe in extreme conditions, put sunglasses on, I usually just put a hat or a cap on. So that's, that's one thing I teach specific practices called sunning. We start with closed eyes, but yeah, it's, it's super important to reduce your light sensitivity. And, um, and yeah, because we have these built-in sunglasses called pupils. Oh, I love that. I really love that. You know, um, I learned that the, um, your pineal gland, the iris of your eye connects to the pineal gland in the brain and sunlight is what activates that. So you need 20 minutes a day of at least some sunlight. Exactly. Your, where your eyes are not under sunglasses, where you're getting some sunlight to activate the melatonin in the pineal gland, creating Absolutely. That. So I mean, I that's the only way, right? issues are related to that. Oh, you know? yes. You know, so, you know, your, you know, your suggestion, I know you have some amazing tips. Um, I mean, I can't almost wait to work with you and help my vision um, on this. So I just think it's, it's awesome, you know, so, so those are your tips on sunglasses too. So what other tips do you have um, for, for our readers, you know, for our, our listeners here on, um, on, on somebody who has to use readers? You know, we've got people who are using the, the, you know, they can't see, they're almost using almost like a magnifying glass to see up close and they're, they're avid readers. They really like to read. Um, how, how can they improve that, that vision up close? First of all, I like to always adjust the mindset and the language because a lot of people say, I can't see anything. I'm like, oh, really? You can't see anything? Oh, no, no, I can see you. You know, like, okay, mm -hmm. so let's rephrase that a little bit. You know, I, um, I, I can see everything I need to see or I can. So I always, language is very powerful. So that's one thing I work with. I always call it eyes need love and talking about your vision in a positive way. And you can reframe it to a way where it makes sense to you. So it's not like I can see everything perfectly clear when that's not the case. 
but you can you can reframe it in a way i can see the beauty in my life i can see everything i need to see however whatever works for you there's affirmations okay and then secondarily i always improve the light like this is the, the strategy that i use improve your brightness level so get really good lamps and there's daytime lamps you know walk lamps that have blue lights like, like that are mimicking the sunlight during the day obviously you don't want to use those at night or before bed and where the weakest readers, I have so many students that when we, when we break down their prescriptions from the eye doctor, their progressives, the near vision was almost like plus five. I actually had somebody with plus five, 75. And I said, go to the drugstore. And she found a pair of plus three twenty fives that totally worked. Like she was already two and a half diopters lower than her prescription glasses. So, you know, so you can get the weakest readers and make the light brighter and also really, okay, here's the other thing. How much time are you spending every day at the near point? Our eyes, our whole, when you think about, you know, humans, we were constantly shifting our focus. I have my computer set up where I look in the backyard. I constantly shift my focus from the screen mm -hmm. to the to 30 feet away. Mm -hmm. We were not meant to be locked into this distance. Again, it's more effort, muscular effort for the, for the vision to, to look up close our eyes are relaxed when we look at the distance. How much, how much do you even look at the horizon, right? So, yes. and if all your hobbies are sewing, reading, watching TV, if you literally, all you do all day long is never beyond 10 feet, you know, what do you expect? I mean, you know, we have to kind of, it's like you don't exercise your body and you expect to be healthy and strong. That, that doesn't work either. So I don't like to think of workout for the eyes, but you want to give your eyes the light. You want to give them the distance. You want to give them the movement, you know, take breaks on the page, like look up every, after every page in your book or your Kindle, mm -hmm. like look into the distance, shift your focus. Well, that's great. Those are great tips. As I'm sitting here, I just have to, sh I have to share with you that behind my computer, I have an orchid plant. So I put flowers behind my computer screen so that I can look at them. <laughs> <laughs> and see something pretty when I'm on Zoom a lot. Um, so that, that's that's great suggestions. Here in New Mexico, I love going outside and sitting in my yard and looking at the mountains. So we have great views here. So um, you know, so if, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, find find that scenery. You know, find the distances that you can can look like like Claudia is sharing here with us. You know, and don't wear your out. glasses if you don't need them. That's the other thing I teach. If there yeah. is a distance, I mean, for driving, safety is first, always first, and you need at least 20, 40 vision legally, but you also need to feel safe. Again, if you're like driving is something really stressful for you, you might want to have a full correction because again, if you're not in the parasympathetic nervous system state, if you're in that stress mode, mm -hmm. your vision, the vision gets worse for everybody. Like if we are in, have been in an accident, if we are like some kind of shock, right? my vision i was i was leading a summit i have to tell that story last year i was leading a, a half a day live summit and my computer didn't charge for some reason and it died in the middle of it i was like i was like oh my god i was like a deer in the headlight everything was blurry i was in full-blown panic mode so that is a normal nervous system response right so when you're really stressed mm -hmm. and that's why addressing stress on the mental physical and emotional level is so important and and you know the trauma under, underneath that the emotional work but even just the stress level. So that's what I mean by the root cause. It's strain, it's stress, you know? So, so take your glasses off if you don't need them. And I always say befriend the blur. Not that you want to have your world blurry all the time, but blur is a good, it's, it's a, like a little feed. It's like how your blood sugar raises, arises up if you eat something that's not good for it. Like if it goes up too high, 
the blur is just a good friendly reminder. And that's one way how you reduce your glasses is when you wear the strength, like say you start the day and you're relaxed and everything is clear. And then the, like you, you're going on and maybe you're straining and you've been on the computer for too long and now it gets blurry. Instead of putting on stronger glasses, the blur is like, hey, knock, knock. Maybe it's time to take a break and look in the distance or maybe do some calming, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I see the brand, uh, the blur as a friendly reminder, as a friend that kind of reminds you to, you know, versus pushing through. Oh, that's great. Absolutely. Don't push through, you know, get that nervous system back. You know, and I do a lot of that. I teach stress reduction tools and, you know, and use, um, like I say, th- frequency medicine. And I, I'm thinking of a class that I lead every, every winter, every winter I use, a, I do an anti-aging class. It's beautiful, amazing you. And I'm using frequency and people will tell me they don't need their glasses after that class. But what I'm doing is I'm balancing the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system as well as working on the eyes. But it is about what you're talking about. It's decreasing stress, you know, and being able to to handle handle that. Um, So you got yourself out of that shock from that summit, right? Your computer did come. Oh, I was taking a few deep breaths. I'm like, the world doesn't end. And then yes, but that's what I mean. Like just recognizing that that's a normal response and if we are stuck in that chronic stress that I had during my you know my, my marriage fell apart you know that chronic stress I mean if you don't address that I, I would have been in like super strong progressive glasses by now if I wouldn't have done anything right mm-hmm. and and now I'm glasses free and I, my goal is to never wear glasses ever like my friend Sal who died had died 101 and never needed glasses you know and it's interesting I meet a lot of these like I recently met a gentleman just walking down the street he admired my beautiful vintage car and we got talking and he was, was, wasn't, you know, affluent at all. Like he was a chauffeur. He drove a lot of celebrities. He was in his seventies. And I said, you you don't wear glasses. I always, I always ask people that are older. I always ask them when I don't see glasses. I'm like, he said, no, my vision was always great. Like, but he was so joyful about so appreciative. And he mm-hmm. shared some of his stories and you would be like, this could be a person that could be feeling really bad about how, you know, his, his son has cerebral palsy, lives with him. Like he had all these things, like all these burdens in his life where other people would have been like totally dragged down. And he just saw the beauty and he was excited. You could tell like his, so that's, that's almost a, the biggest piece that I see in the difference between people, you know, that, and of course, good habits and good diet and exercise and all that stuff. Right. But, uh, you know, and trauma and emotional work. But the point is like, if you are, are you excited about every, are you curious? Are you interested in what you're looking at? Or is it just like, oh, you know? <laughs> right, right. So it's the attitude, isn't it? It's definitely, yeah. attitude. and it truly is. Like you said, it's vision, not just eyes. It's the vision for your life. It's the attitude that this 70 year old man had about his life. Yeah. I love that. You've done such a beautiful job with all, you know, with all your people, helping them through these exercises and really improving their vision naturally. Um, and my goodness, how many people, we just talked about the numbers when we started, people need this. Um, so I'm so grateful to have you share with us today and share those little tips with us. This has been amazing. You know how, um, I know you have a free gift for us, but how can people get in touch with you, Claudia? Yeah, the free gift is probably the best. It's called 10 Habits for Healthy, Happy Eyes. And I explain the sunning and the palming and talk about the posture and the relate connection to astigmatism and the blur. And so I a lot of the things that I talked about today, plus a lot more things are in that free gift. So mm-hmm. that's probably the best way. And then otherwise, you know, I have an, a website. My website, there's not that much on it. I have to be honest. 
Um, it's one of those things. Myholisticvision.com is my website and you can reach me at info at myholisticvision.com. You can email me, but the free gift is probably the best way because then you find out I do lots of free every Wednesday. I do a free YouTube live. I'm actually going to do it today on blue lights. So, um, you know, so you, that's the, then you find out about all the things I'm doing. I'm doing lots of good free things too. It's not, you know, you can, you can, you can start slowly with little baby steps. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that my last thing I want to say really recognize it's your own choice. Your vision is your own choice. Don't just blame it on genetics. Don't blame it on age. You have a choice, you know, and your eye doctor is probably not going to be there. There's a few exceptions. There's a few holistic optometrists, you know, but the majority of eye doctors are really not helping you improve your vision. You know, I really, so it's your, it's your choice to decide what's important to you and how important your vision is to you as you get older. Yeah, no, that's great. That absolutely makes sense. A couple of quick rapid fire questions. When you're not working, what, what are some of your, what do you like to be doing? I like to be driving around. I like, I love road trips. I love museums now that they're slowly opening again, just hanging out with friends, going to the beach, uh, being in nature is really one of my favorite things, to be honest. And, and art, I love art and, and music, music festivals. I really miss music festivals. So that's something I love to do. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. And what about, um, let's ask this question. What's what one big self-care tip? What's your biggest tip on self? So my biggest self-care is like I use, I, this is actually what I use with my students too. I have, I use these little myofascial therapy balls mm -hmm. to release tension because we like everybody has physical tension and that will affect your eyesight, you know, so re relaxing, especially these muscles up here. So I do that every morning. I do yoga every morning. I meditate every morning. And then I do a little bit of what I call roll and relax, just kind of, you know, releasing because we all have this unconscious tension that builds up. And by the time your neck feels stiff, it's already really bad. And if you catch it early with a little prevention, then you don't have those issues. Oh, great, great, great tips. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and what would you, um, what's one, what's another big tip that you'd like to leave our audience with today? Here's the thing, but glasses kind of create that tunnel vision. So good vision is based on the central clarity. And this is a whole other topic, but our vision, we have a very small spot of perfect clarity and we have this big peripheral field. And the thing, what happens a lot of times when you wear glasses, you literally have that tunnel vision, like the blindness on the horse. So um, you want to make sure your vision is both like stimulate your peripheral vision. Don't sit at, at a, with a lit screen in a dark room. You want to have that awareness of your, of your, you know, our whole peripheral field and the central focus. And yeah, shifting your, I like to think of shifting my attention, like versus thinking of eye movement. So I think that would probably be a big tip, just shifting your attention, not locking yourself into, into, into one thing, but moving. Movement is life. Life is oh. so gosh, those are great tips. Those are such great tips. Oh, this has been so beautiful. So shift your tension movement. Yes, let's let's all do that. So um, so I'm just going to challenge everybody here. Definitely get your, um, you know, Claudia's naturallyclearvision.com, her 10 habits here, her free gift. We'll post the link below. You definitely want to get that, especially if you're someone who's wearing glasses and you don't want to wear them anymore or contacts. You know, you want to start with these vision exercises. I'm already starting with the palm one. I love that one. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> And so I'm, uh, I'm on the path with all of you too. Thank you so much for, uh, for being here with us today, Claudia. Um, look so much forward to, uh, to, to seeing more of this, you know, develop for you too, um, as, uh, 
as more people find you so they can help their vision naturally. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun to talk with you. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day, everyone. Until next time, um, tune in next time and we will see you then. Have a great day. Bye.